Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. I am a terrible liar. I've never been a good liar. I've never, I can't lie about anything. And when I try, it doesn't work. It's a bit ironic, right? The, The phrase good liar. Yeah. Because a liar is not considered a good person. No. And to be fair, I don't really think most people are that good at lying. I think most people are just really gullible. They just really want something to fit a particular narrative that makes them comfortable. So they're just inclined to believe whatever is presented to them. Because when we are really in our most divine selves, right, when we are when we are really in touch, your heart is your truth barometer. It's your bullshit barometer. When you really are in touch with yourself and you're knowing, you really know when someone's not being honest with you. How can you know when someone's honest with you if you're not even being able to be honest with yourself? Yeah. So really... What I find so interesting about this whole, like, you've got to be super honest with everyone thing Mm -hmm. is that we're not honest with ourselves because we fear our own judgments, our own opinion, our own, we will shame ourselves for feeling certain ways, (laughs) for wanting to do certain things. If we're in separation with ourselves, we can't be honest about how we're really feeling. Mm -hmm. So therefore that's also projected onto other people, right? Yeah. Where if I'm honest with you, you won't love me for me because I'm not lovable as me. Mm Mm-hmm. So therefore, I must fit a mold so that you accept me. Yes. It's another facet of I'm not good enough, really. But it's just the tinge of the judgment and the fear part. It is because it could be, well, then I'm not deserving of your love or your acceptance or your validation because I'm not perfect enough or worthy, et cetera, right? Fill in Mm -hmm. any karmic theme and it it works. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing. And so for many of us, honesty doesn't come easily, even though we can't maybe necessarily lie because we've been socialized to fear others' opinions, judgments, and and we've been socialized to feel that we've been shamed. Oh, yeah. And we don't. That's not easy to live outside of that. And even if we try, unless we've resolved our own personal judgments and shame, we'll always feel a tinge of that whenever we do something that makes us take pause and think, well, if somebody knew I was doing this, what would they think? Yeah. And I have to say, even out of my karma, that was a big issue for me. Because I was, I became really aware of what I wanted to do yeah. and I knew I was going to do it, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to have to deal with everyone else's opinions of it. So I got stuck in this loop where I would be wanting to share what was going on in my life because for me that's connection. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I didn't want to feel that judgment associated with whatever I was doing. So in the end, what I did was, is I'd always tell everyone after the fact you know what I mean oh by the way this happened or whatever else Uh (laughs) and then the the other side is that what I really struggled with personally and I don't know if anyone else would feel the same way was when I was telling someone what I was doing or what I wanted to do and if they disagreed with me I felt like I was letting them down in some way by going against their wishes Mm-hmm. So I didn't want or preferences, to, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, they may exactly. not want something, but they may have a certain expectation. If you, you know, you would be better off if you did this. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and it could have had nothing to do with them. So I'd be like, oh, oh yeah. I still really care about this person, and they're like, don't ever message him again. And then I would. I'd feel terrible to tell them yeah. because I'd be like, almost like I just told you, you don't matter. 
your opinion doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is, yes, it doesn't. It shouldn't. (laughs) You're like, and that's really the truth. (laughs) That's the truth. At the end of the day, we must do what feels good to us because no one else will understand it. And yes, if someone has reached a degree of compassion within themselves, they're able to give that compassion to you and understand that you had to do whatever you had to do. And that was all up to you. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people aren't there yet. So it becomes very, very scary to own anything. When we are locked in our fear, And when we desperately need for something to be a certain way, Mm -hmm. we will push everyone else to agree with us. Yeah. Because that's how we keep safe. But sometimes it doesn't help our growth when people are busy interfering, when we're surrounded by other people's opinions. Because, yes, when you're growing, you don't always know what's quote unquote best for you, especially when you're younger. And perhaps you're either, it's, and it's not even an act of impulsivity. It's the, I know in my heart I need to do this. And I spent a good portion of my teen years operating from that level of, I know this doesn't make sense to anyone else, but I got to do it. Whereas I couldn't do that. I was the opposite. But the difference is that you've learned from your mistakes. And by not allowing me to make them, I don't learn anything at all. We often forget, especially when we're trying to control outcomes and relationships that whether you understand it or not that person is still guided they're still guided by their higher selves whether you realize it or not and they're still having to grow and work towards their evolution when we are in fear for -hmm. ourselves we try and control yeah that is how we mitigate that fear from our mind Mm -hmm. when we are in fear for others We try and control. (laughs) That is how we keep them safe. And actually, all we're doing is we're pushing our fear onto them by trying to control their actions, by not allowing them the autonomy and the power to make their own decisions. Mm -hmm. All we're doing is just reinforcing what everyone's reinforcing everywhere, which is you're not good enough to make your own choices. Yeah, and And I know how that feels for myself. I know how it feels to be told by others and obviously myself most of the time that I wasn't good enough to make my own choices. Mm -hmm. That just perpetuates a story that is not true and it keeps us out of our power. And it keeps the younger generation from ever really understanding where their power lies. Because we have, and we said it in the first episode of this season, which is there's no room for mistakes anymore. Yeah. It is, we have become so all or nothing as a society. Yeah. Which is the biggest mistake of all. And if we don't allow people room to grow, to realize perhaps they need a bit more information or experience in order to really figure out certain truths for themselves, all we do is we turn them into sheep or robots. And Liz, ultimately, our power is in our choices. That is how we exercise our power with our choices. By taking it away from ourselves to tell us we are not able to make our own choices, we must listen to other people, or by imparting that same prison onto someone else by saying, you must follow my choices, not make your own. Mm -hmm. All we're doing is stripping power left, right, and center. And that's what created council culture. You can't have an opinion that's different to mine. Because therefore you are somehow taking me out of my power and I must exert my power over you by getting you to say what I think. And if you don't say what I'm saying, 
then you're just wrong and you're canceled. It doesn't yeah. even, it's not even about converting somebody as much as it is just shutting them down, which is what we saw a lot of in 2021 and in 2020. Yeah. But we're not even finished with cancel culture yet, right? I mean, in its most idiotic, naive, and innocent form, cancel culture was merely, we don't like you enough, right? It's that sort of like middle school, preteen attitude of, this just isn't cool, this sucks, you're done, right? Mm. But the problem with that was that it became this blanket response to anything that you couldn't possibly not only agree with, but understand. I can't even get my brain around why you would hold this opinion or value. And because of that, rather than even stretch my perspective a little bit to get there, I'm just going to say you're wrong. Well, it's literally the opposite of compassion, isn't it? (laughs) yes instead of looking at someone and going you know what whatever if everything that had happened to you happened to me maybe I feel the same way Mm -hmm. and you are perfectly within your power to believe whatever the fuck you want to believe you are on your journey where you're at and wherever you go you'll go Mm -hmm. you know it can still anger me it can still upset me it can still trigger me but it isn't about me as detachment would teach you yeah Or I've made it now about my worth, so I have to either say, you don't matter, so I know I do, Mm -hmm. or I have to make you change your mind so I know that I matter. So in the spiritual perspective on that would be the divine in me recognizes the divine in you. Exactly. That no matter where you're at, because I understand my own journey, my own whole adventure, as you like to say, and... I've had my own shit. I recognize that wherever you're at, you're either you're going through it too. Yeah. And so we're good. And actually, at the end of the day, the only thing that I can do mm-hmm. to help you get closer to love is to yeah. let you go through it. Yeah. But the thing is, we don't even have to think we have to help anyone. It's really not our job. We just need to give space for, ever, for everybody to go through their shit and stop trying to interfere with our opinions and judgments. Right. And just if, if we are thinking and judging and trying to shame someone else for their choices, that energy that we're really flinging out there on other people is deflecting the fact that we need to be looking inside. Yeah, because if we need to convince anyone of anything, mm-hmm. what are we trying to convince ourselves of? Yeah. And that's the point. So like when something is really happening on a collective level, and is gearing up to be dealt with and confronted, yeah, by collective consciousness, it has to enter our individual consciousness first. Because we have to experience it on an individual level and make an individual shift to then be able to make that collective shift. Precisely. Collective is a collective individuals. Mm. And that's how collective consciousness shifts. So 2020 was the year that unleashed all the themes that we're going to pretty much be playing with, which, by the way... In season four, I think it was episode 15 or 16, you actually broke them down. All the themes, you know what they are because they challenge all of our freedoms and our individual power. And so when you look at cancel culture, it takes aim at our freedom, right? Censorship takes aim at our freedom because you're telling me what to say, how I can say it. Mm. And that if I don't say it, then I'm done. So I can't be honest about my feelings. I can't no. be honest about where I stand. And but it, and literally, I mean, if you think about it, it's it's a story as old as time. If I stray away from the herd, I'll be left alone. 
and I will die. And our survival depends on it. So it's so all or nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about 2020 was that it made everything. And I know I said this since episode one of the season. It made everything a question of life or death. Yeah. A question of all or nothing. Yeah. yeah. When really it was simply the bits of ourselves that were keeping us in separation that mm-hmm. were dying. <laughs> yes. And when you say all or nothing, we were bringing ourselves from feeling like we were nothing into realizing we were all. It was really that we had entered a very dark time. Mm. We really crossed that threshold of we are really shutting others down. If Then we're allowing fear to rule. And when fear rules, our light is dimmed. And yeah. the less light we can have in this world, the less chance we have of really coming into that oneness and the love that underpins that oneness. Are we going to make it? I'm optimistic we will. You know, we all face choices. Do we follow hope? Do we follow light? Do we follow all the uncertain possibilities that are? Or do we allow fear and the need for certainty and control to rule? Well, it seems that the choice was made for the latter, Mm -hmm. which then delayed and slowed down the progress that could have been made in 2020. Now, it doesn't mean that there aren't things in place to allow it for an acceleration to move through what got held up by the fear and all the bullshit. But we need to be able to get there individually, which means then the onus and the responsibility falls on the individual to push through, to resist the fear. Well, what's interesting, and I keep remembering it, is something that you wrote in one of our books, Hmm. which is fate always supersedes karma. Hmm. At some point, we get out of our karma and live our fate. So whether or not it happens tomorrow as planned or the day after tomorrow, it will happen. But the caveat is, is how much of that karma have you burned through in order to be able to allow for that? If you're really in the thick of it, that would be really difficult to get to. But we, again, we can always hope. Hope really does kind of like play through a lot of the themes of the season, right? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Get to that hope, please. If I, as I said to you, our power is in our choices. Mm -hmm. So... In order to exercise that power, we have to trust ourselves to make those choices. And we have to trust that we can manage. And this is what has always held us back. We can manage the responsibility and be accountable for how it fell out. So when I was just a sort of dishonest teenager and trying to do whatever it is I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it, and that kind of fell apart on me and then I had to like take responsibility for it. And again, a lot for an 18-year-old to figure out and sort through. So it did take me some years. But that's really what taught me how powerful I was because I could make those choices that impacted me and therefore I can make the choices to get out of it. And I know I said that in a previous episode. No, Probably no, but said it better. So- but I think it's worth saying again. And again, now that we have created... I mean, I think the onus still falls on our society, whether we are actively contributing to it or not. But now that we are some, we've somehow created again, this zero sum game where we barely have room to take responsibility because then we're just canceled anyway. Mm. Right. And so what's going to begin to happen and what has begun to happen is that we're done. I don't want to play this game anymore, but now you don't get the benefit of knowing anything. Mm. right? Not just you individually who's doing whatever or not doing whatever, but the other person. 
Because then what we're doing is we're creating this sort of homogenous society and this homogenous way of thinking that it can only be this way or nothing. Mm. Right? And when we begin to lack a diversity of thought is when the divine can no longer exist in the way the divine is meant to exist. Because the divine has, is multifaceted. Precisely. Mm. And that is the opposite of oneness. So, you know, just to be clear, oneness isn't us all believing the same thing. Oneness is all or being looking the same. Or anything or the same. Or acting the same. There's no blanket rule that no, everything one, is the same no. thing. Right. We are, we are one in the fact that we are all individuals and mm-hmm. we recognize the individuality in each other. Yeah. So funnily enough, in separation, when we're all acting the same, we are separate from ourselves and separate from each other. But actually in oneness, when we look all totally different and doing all totally different things, Mm -hmm. that is actually when we are connected. Because we recognize the divine in one another because we're operating from our divinity. It might be from a spiritual perspective or it just might be that I recognize you are the God in your world and I recognize that I am the God in mine. Yeah. And together we can then operate from a collective purpose to serve Mm -hmm. the collective. Yeah. Right? But the first thing to do that is to allow the collective to be a collective of individuals rather than a collective of sheep. Yeah, exactly. So rather than actually work toward empowering ourselves, and this means, and I mean since 2016, when 3D really began, it's kind of like we're sort of here, we're dismantling here. It's all kind of falling apart. What people started to do was really scramble to feel powerful right? To find some way to empower themselves. But the problem is, is that in 3D, the notions of power were defined by what you did, right? How much money you had, were you in partnership or not, how influential you were and stuff. But those are very minor acts because they depend on other people. So they're not really powerful at all because if you lose the other person, you lose the power. Or if you lose the whatever, power. whether mm. it's a person or the job or mm. the money, etc., then who were you? Mm. And so a lot of what we have been so interesting because it ties to the previous episodes we've been recording. So there is this like natural theme, which mm. I'm really enjoying. They kept us small. And so what we really had to work through these past, like, especially 2021 is when we were really confronted with it was, who am I? Without all of these things, who am I? And most people couldn't deal with that because, again, they hadn't had an opportunity to work toward it. Well, also, because who am I without all these things? I don't know. No. Because these are all the ways in which I've been told I have to define myself. Exactly. Exactly. So people were circling and circling and circling, even in 2021. But as we saw, 2021 gave way a little bit for people to come to that. But it's, again, because the latter path, the path B, the fear, was really the path chosen. It was just done in a much more painful way than necessary. I used to be like that on a very personal level. I'd always Mm. go the more painful way than necessary because I would overshare every detail of my life. Mm. And I would hold myself accountable, not just to myself, but to everyone's opinions of me. And so I I kept feeding into the idea that unless I'm totally transparent with you about everything I do at every moment, even if you don't care, and actually talking about me is a bit boring, then I'm not being authentic. Then I'm not being true to myself. Then you can't love me. Well, not sharing every detail of your life. It's not necessarily a lie or an act of omission. 
True Spiritual Maturity, season two for anyone, teaches us that we don't owe anyone else, nor do they owe us the truth when we know what is on the other side is judgment. Because effectively, what's going on in this interplay, it's a, it's a power struggle. Mm. In order for me to be, in order for you to be in your power, you want to take mine away. Mm. Right? You want to stifle or impede my expression. So why do I need, or why do I have to gift you with my honesty when I know that all you want to do is use that in order to rob me of my power? Because you're not doing it for any other reason. This is not some healthy discourse. You just want to keep shaming and judging and break me down so that I don't ever do it again. You want to control me. And the best way in a 5D way mm -hmm. to stop that power struggle is just to remove yourself from it entirely. Exactly. Because I know that this is not to my benefit or your benefit. And this is not, and I know that it sounds a little odd to some people because I know that people have attached a lot of ideas and rules. It sounds really odd to me. I know. It's, uh, people have attached a lot of ideas and rules to spirituality, right? Like mm. spiritual people shouldn't be angry. Spiritual people have to be humble all the time, always honest, and have integrity. And so when you're like, well, if you're not telling the quote-unquote truth or you're omitting a particular detail, how is that not an integrity? But integrity doesn't mean being honest all the time. Integrity really means being in our greatest, highest, most divine expression at all times. So if we know that our truth is going to be met with judgment and shame, scorn and ridicule, we can remain in our power by choosing how we respond and remain accountable in that response, right? Because most of the time when we're lying or we're omitting a fact, it's because we actually don't want to take responsibility for it. Yeah. Right? That's the issue, yeah. Yeah, we're trying to skirt that bit. Mm. But true spiritual maturity, we will always bear, always bear the responsibility for it. Maybe mm. we won't in the moment. Now, here's the thing. Mm. But I do believe that until people can reach even a level of consciousness, and not even full body consciousness, but just a level of consciousness in their hearts to be open to other people's ideas without trying to shut them down within two seconds, we don't owe them anything. Showing oneself kindness and compassion and giving yourself space to just live your life is far more healing, not just for yourself, but the rest of the world, than trying to wrestle with the pig. You know, like yeah. my father used to always say, never wrestle with a pig because you just get dirty and the pig likes it. Yeah. And that's kind of how I often would approach life, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Is it really worth my engaging in this or no? When we are in our power, when we do have a strong relationship to ourselves, it stops being about what feels right so we can feel good about our choice and other people can tell us like that they also think our choice was good and, you know, all the rest of it. It's much more about owning our power and knowing that when I'm not going to hand it over to you, you know, and so your opinions on my choices aren't going to dictate them. Yeah. And that is a very different thing. And what I tend to find is that when I approach 
sharing information from that space of this is what I did and this is what I learned or this is what happened or from a place of these are my choices and I stand by them. Mm -hmm. People tend to also let you be. And I don't need anyone else to understand that or argue that for me, but I do need room to be able to do it. What we're talking about here isn't manipulating other people, no, getting not people at all. to be, it's not a facet of controlling other people by telling them what they want to hear so they react to you the way you want to. That's just more control and manipulation and that's more perpetuation of separation. Mm-hmm. What we're saying is very different is that you do you as long as you recognize that you're just living your life without letting other people influence how you do so. Yes. That's very different. One is quite an individual, as we said, oneness. You are in yes. oneness, you are a collection of individuals. One yes. is quite an individual empowered act. Precisely. And the other one is just another way of manipulating, controlling other people, which again is giving away your power because you're saying, I have to lie in order mm-hmm. for you to believe me and in order for me to get what I want. I have and no that choice. is not being in your power. No. When you're saying I have to do something because I don't have a choice, then you are definitely not in your power. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.